Welcome to Real Voices of the Game Productions. I'm Dave D'Agostino, and I'm joined by my co-host and star of the show, Sal Marinello. This is the Hot Corner with Coach Sal. We're on episode 143 here at the network. I want to thank our subscribers before we begin today. We hit over 14,300 as of this morning. Continue to download, listen, like, subscribe. We appreciate your efforts in doing so. It allows us to continue to give you great content every week with shows like this. Make sure you continue to follow us on social media, Instagram, Twitter, and especially Facebook. I'll get back to one guest every morning live on Facebook and answer a question for everybody. I'll also get back to everybody privately. Uh, today's question, somebody asked me, Sal, they wanted to be a head coach by the time they were 30. They heard that I had been a Division One head coach before the age of 30, and they had that goal for themselves. So I gave them a little talking to on Facebook. It's a really dumb goal to have, very arbitrary and set up for pitfalls. So I gave some, some hopefully some sound knowledge to them on that. But without further ado, uh, we've got some, we've got a few good topics today with com- one kind of thread through it. Uh, but welcome back to the show, Sal. We're glad to have you. Great to be here, Dave. And um, I appreciate that. Uh, events seem to be occurring that help support um, the path and the position we've taken since we decided to have this kind of coherent theme, coherent string going through our, our uh, podcasts. Yeah, we, I mean, it, I think, I mean, there's enough out there in the world right now in terms of our health. And, you know, I, I think it's been around for a while as far as us dealing with the symptoms, so to speak, rather than getting to the root problem. And it's, it's almost like, pardon the baseball, poor baseball pun, but it's almost like the problems have hit, hit on, a, it's like problems on steroids right now. It's really blown up in front of our face. And I'm glad we're able to address those on this show. So with that, with the, you know, the first topic, I'll kind of throw the topics at you. And, and I mean, if you weave into the next one, I think that's great for our audience. Uh, but, you know, the first one was, there's a, there's a new commercial out there. Uh, obviously, we're all aware of this uh, COVID coronavirus that we've been dealing with for three years. Um, and the pharmaceutical companies have definitely tried to benefit financially from it. But lo and behold, we now have a new commercial, a new drug on the market. I think it's through Pfizer, correct? Um, I kind of don't know. It doesn't matter to me. But, yeah, it's all uh, the same. But I think it's, it's was it Pavlok? Pavlok? Paxlovid. So they're trying to make it rhyme with COVID in this um in the new commercial. So they said, when you have COVID, it's Paxlovid or something um, creepy and seemingly, I, I, you know what, Dave, when I see stuff like that, I, I try to envision the meeting where you had a grow, uh, a, a, hopefully a group of relatively intelligent, uh, adults sitting around the table and coming up with that and thinking somehow that that's edgy or that is just not stupid. Uh, it's, uh, it just amazes me that some of these commercial, um, campaigns and and this one really takes the cake as far as that goes. Yeah, that, I I take offense to a lot of them because it's a uh, especially commercials like that. It's, they think we're dumb and tricking us into things because it's almost like it's a Dr. Seuss theme, like it's going to rhyme, so we're going to take it. But to share with our audience what what is this? I mean, is it anything different than before? And well, uh, what are they trying to do? And I'm not getting into the nature of the drug. Let, let's take it from. The angle of this commercial, and, and just real quickly, 
it's one of these antiviral. It's a pill. Uh, you don't need to get it administered in a, in a hospital or doctor's office. It's a pill. And there's a combination. There's, I believe it's a three-pill dose, and it is Pfizer. And you know what? There's a lot of conflicting data as to the efficacy of the pill. But the whole concept is this commercial campaign is geared towards the overweight, those with heart disease, and those with type 2 diabetes, type 2 diabetes. And then they also bring in at the end asthmatics. And we're in another situation where we're treating symptoms instead of not necessarily the root cause in this particular case, but of the risk factors that are the most common risk factors for pretty much early death and poor health, long-term poor health, in regardless of the gender, regardless of the age, being overweight, having type 2 diabetes, having heart disease. So instead of there being, what Dave, have you seen any kind of push from our public health officials encouraging people to, in, in, in any meaningful sense, to really change the way they're eating and diet and uh, not even diet, but change the way they're eating and exercise better? No, because there's no money to be made. Ah, That's... there you go. Yeah. So again, now, so we're in a situation where we're getting uh, a pill that's going to address the symptoms of the real risk factors out there, which are, again, eating poorly and what comes from that, which is being overweight. I refuse to call it obese because they've re-defined uh, obesity so many times that it's become meaningful, uh, meaningless. It, it used to be meaningful. Now it's meaningless. And, of course, type 2 diabetes, which is has been the latest and greatest moneymaker for these drug companies where they're, again, treating the symptom instead of treating what we know is the root cause of the disease. And it's crazy when you read about the side effects of this treatment, it's worse than COVID for the most part. If you read them, and I love at the end, one of them, one of the side effects, I believe it might be the last one that they mention is a general feeling of unwell, being unwell. <laughs> so it, it's just great. It's it's so it's so stupid. And they, Dave, they do think we're stupid because so many people are stupid and have allowed themselves to become stupid, which goes back to my concept and the theme we've talked about is you have to take more involvement. You have to be invested in your own health and your own treatment because people are not. Yeah, there's there's definitely no money to be made from people being healthy. It eliminates all these other functions that people are trying to push. I, re I read through those uh, symptoms and warnings, and the one that you read is kind of comical because obviously they're unwell before they even started considering the pill or the whatever the, whatever the vaccine form is. But there was a probably about, I would say somewhere in the neighborhood of 40 to 45 additional drugs. Upon first glance, I couldn't identify a single one of them that if you are taking this, this, this particular vaccine could be dangerous to your health. I would imagine people who have diabetes, who have a number of different ailments are probably engaged with a number of different uh, pills and different drugs. So that alone was concerning that on first glance, I didn't recognize a single one of uh, these things that if you already are taking them, you're going to be, I guess that's a good thing. Because and, I didn't taking them. 
Yeah, and, and you know what? Just look at the big – take a step back even. I And the question I have is why do we need this type of advertisement? Not why do we need it. Why is the advertisement being presented in such a manner that seems to be incongruous with how drugs should be prescribed? They're, they're not really telling us about certain things. But they are, and they're they're giving us these. Uh, we shouldn't take it if we have all these other conditions. And it's something that it, it always made me wonder. Well, your doctor, if you go to the doctor and you've had you know a checkup and you've had your regular physicals and you have a, a an involved physician who actually knows what they're doing, they wouldn't. You wouldn't have to tell them if you're allergic to certain other medications or if this medication counteracted other medications. And it's just a. It's almost they want to throw everything out there to confuse people because you've had that great saying about confusion um, to confuse people. And you're just creating these drones that go to the doctor and say, I want this, I want this. And it's giving the, everyone else coverage. Well, we had it in the commercial. We had it in the commercial that you're going to get, you know, taste of uh, change of taste. You're going to have diarrhea, diarrhea. You could have blood pressure problems. You could have muscle aches. You could feel lousy. It's going to counteract your other medication that could cause problems. So, it caused death, it said in there. It said, flat out said death. That alone would yeah. scare the heck out of me. So it, it's just a, it's a disaster. It's a disaster. And it's just the same thing with the type 2 diabetes commercials. But now we're one step further in totally glossing over the fact that the our health policy has created the problems we have with obesity, heart disease, and type 2 diabetes. And that's been created by the advice coming from our health segment of our uh, of our government that's supposed to be concerned with our health and it gets worse every day excuse me and every day there are more articles about nutrition that recycle the same out-of-date obsolete information i thought i read in that same article deep into it well the the last thing i read was uh, I, i joked with you before the show it said you may need frequent blood tests to check your liver function. Yeah. That's, again, alarming. And um, But I read in the article, it's a long article, the one I, I pulled up, the first one. Embedded in there was the economic reason for pushing yet another vaccine out there. And the reason was is that I guess the there's not a take on the plethora of other vaccines they put out there. There's, they're not making money off it. It was flat out set in there. There was an economic reason. So they had to put an additional vaccine out there to solve an unknown problem, I guess. So there was an economic component put in there and it's, it's just as silly as the symptoms or just as silly as the, the disclaimers they put on it. But they, again, think we're dumb and, you know, they've, they've invested all this money and time and research into this and somebody's got to be making the money off of it. So why not push well, we know who it? Is. We know who's making it. And yeah. well, and you know, and here's the unpopular position and you get uh, branded a conspiracy theorist or worse, there was no increase in all cause mortality during the year of the COVID pandemic. The all cause mortality rate and the uh, additional uh, increase in the in the death rate has been since COVID, so that that's a troubling development that is glossed over in pretty much every mainstream 
article that you're going to see or a post that you're going to see. That's never something that's discussed. It's been no, there was no uptick in all cause mortality the year of COVID. It was after. So, and the, 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 um, it doesn't track with the, with COVID cases. So we, we have a, 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 a bit of a scam. And, and now, again, here's a drug that's being recommended if you have mild to moderate COVID. Mild now, not even moderate to severe, mild. So something that's going to go away in two to three days and you have a minimal risk of death, you're going to take some medication that adds to your mix more things to be worried about than just being ill with COVID and having to put your feet up for a couple of days. Yeah. And I, I should ask you this. Now, we're in different parts of the country and there's different, obviously different, uh, let's say, politics, I guess, in, in different states. But when I saw this, when you put this, when you when you shared it with me and I, I all of a sudden paid attention to the commercial. It's funny how that works sometimes. When, yeah. Um, I haven't talked about, heard about, thought about, seen any covid related things right down to masks every now and then we'll get a northerner down here that'll have a mask on outside um but uh is is it still being talked about i mean a part of life in, in the north northern part oh, yeah. of the oh is it there's oh every day i'll see people with masks um taking the amtrak down to visit my son this afternoon there will be uh a quarter plus of the people that are in and out of the train in the station will have masks. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh yeah. It's, it's still Looney Tunes. You'll, you'll still see the, I see, um, um, my facility is in a kind of commercial light industrial area and it's conducive to people who go for their walks. There's a residential neighborhood on the other side of the main street. So it's a nice loop. I see six or seven people a day walking by themselves outside with masks on so yeah. and that's I mean, yeah. my little my little area i you know you go into town here for coffee go to the starbucks or to the duncan there's people with masks all the time employees too you see you see that still not as much yeah but still some see i don't see it at all I, you know I, I joke every now and then it's that's the joke and i'm a northerner originally but uh with the states you know the, 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 there's some states down the south that are just straight up not playing this this game, and and I'm in one of them, fortunately. And we'll see somebody driving in a car next to us inside a car, closed window, by themselves with a mask on. I just just kind of laugh and you look, and it's a it's a northern northern license plate from a blue state usually. But uh, yeah, just it's silly. It's uh, I'm glad you passed that on because it it woke me up a little bit because I, I didn't realize it was going on like that anymore. Um, I really didn't, and. Uh, you know, I, I, I got to wake up and see that that's, you know, the rest of the country's still having a mess with this. So I'm well, assuming I, it's I don't think it's the rest. I think the problem is it's in areas that the media is very um, prominent and, you know, drives the media for most of the country. And, and that's why it's 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 out of proportion to reality. And, you know, I've said it 100 times. I've, I've written about it on my sub stack. I have. Uh, everyone, my, my current clients are, are vaccinated. They've all had COVID two or three times at least. Oh, wow. And have been sick and were sicker later uh, with these more recent 
bouts than they were with the initial bout before they might have been vaccinated. And they're always sick with other stuff if it's not COVID. So, yeah, even the, um, you know, you'd, you sent me, and this may be a good segue into our, our next one, but you sent me the, the about a two-minute clip with Joe Rogan. And on there, he was reading he was reading studies. He was, it was basically the vaccination company saying that admitting that you will get sick after you receive the vaccine, almost making people feel like it's okay. You're going to get sicker after you take it than when you, than you were before. And that's acceptable. Um, but, but he, uh, he, he talked about one of the drivers behind this a little bit, Bill Gates. And I think he was, he was addressing I guess, yeah, I guess he was addressing the appearance, how people look and how, what their habits are and how are we allowing people that obviously have, you know, questionable habits, eating habits, health habits, how are they driving our health ship for us? Well, I think it was a, a, a great comment and I've been saying it, you know, obviously I think other people have been saying it too, but when you have someone with the clout of a Joe Rogan picking up on that and it's great. I mean, look at Bill Gates. He's physically a disaster. Uh, and he's going to sit there and without any background in anything that would qualify him to speak on the subject. And he hasn't even lived a lifestyle that you could point to as being something that would be healthy. And he's driving this policy because of his his agenda. He was behind. He is behind this lab grown meat that they are trying to foist upon us, which the first go round of it has failed. Uh, this beyond meat, this beyond beef, I believe it was whatever. Yeah. Uh, I believe it was the, the tag was beyond whatever they were calling it has failed miserably because nobody wants it. It tastes lousy. It does not hold up well when it's cooked. People don't want it. And it's actually anti-green. Again, we've had this discussion in uh, in relation to a couple of books I read. The concept that you're going to take energy from the grid to 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 produce protein, which we already have being produced by nature. Again, cows eat stuff that no one else can eat, and it's converted to protein thanks to the power of the sun and other things in nature that are part of that process. They want to take water off the grid, electricity off the grid. They want to take space and build these factories that are going to produce protein or I'm putting in quotes meat. And that's going to be their intellectual property so that, Dave, if you had some land out in the in the Midwest that you wanted to have a um, a cattle farm, you could do that. But you're not going to be able to go out and start your own lab because they're going to own the process by which this new meat, this new food is made. So don't anyone have any illusions that this is somehow better for the planet? This is a blatant money grab. And it's a guy like Bill Gates who really doesn't have the expertise in any of these areas to be speaking out about it. Yeah. And again, another, like you said, a money grab. It's someone's benefiting from the confusion, the illnesses economically. There was actually, and I'm trying to remember the the burger place that had it. It wasn't, it was BurgerFi, had a Beyond Burger. Yeah, Burger King had it. Duncan has it. Yeah, and it's that's 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 his burger. That's what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, I, I, I remember when it came out and we did our own research on it. I, you know, that's you know, that's how we operate by your, your mantra and that, you know, be your own first educator with this stuff. Do your own homework. And we encourage our audience to do the same thing. Don't just take our word for it either. Go do your own homework on this stuff. I and mean, I think we have a pretty sophisticated audience, pretty, pretty uh, into what we're talking about. So we don't have to tell them that. But yeah, I remember I remember when that came out and it had all the I I'm very health conscious with what goes in my body. I'm very deliberate and it sounded good. It sounded right. It hit all the catchphrases. I mean, it hit every little thing on it that if you're health conscious, you would say, okay, yeah, that checks a box, checks a box, but you got to look deep into that stuff. I, I, I agree. I, well, you know, and there's all this anti-processed food. Well, there is no more processed food in the world at, well, that might be over the top. It'd be hard to find a more processed food than this beyond meat, which is most of it is from pea protein, which has all kinds of problems with it as far as how you actually make it edible. It's the same thing with soy. Soy is was in previous generations garbage that was used. Soybeans were used for solvents and industrial purposes. It has to be processed to such a degree to make it edible. And again, that's another we've been gaslit with food here for so long now. Um, you know, gaslighting is a phrase that came up recently, but really, if you look back at how our diet and nutrition information has been given to us, we've been gaslit for so long on stuff like soy. It's frightening. But these are all foods that are ultra, ultra processed to make them edible. And again, that means there's chemicals involved. That means there's processes involved that take resources away from the grid where we don't need for other types of food that are natural foods that we actually should be eating, not this fake food that the tech crowd wants us to buy. And another one that fits that bill, I want everyone on their own to look into how canola oil is made and look at the research research on the safety of canola oil when you cook with it and in certain applications, the fact that there are diets being promoted that still put canola oil over saturated fat is really a crime because canola oil is processed and made with chemicals that are so caustic and not made for consumption. It's frightening to think of how that could be used to make something that we're putting into our bodies on a regular basis. And we're being told is good for us. Yeah. Now, what do you recommend cooking with as opposed to canola oil? Well, like olive oil, real good olive oil and butter. Yeah. Yeah, that's been pushed on us for a long time, as has, you know, th- these chemical-laden products, whether it's canola oil or synthetic meats, uh, anything that's processed like that. It's, and, and, you know, again, do your own homework out there. I, I believe these, and we're starting to see it now, there's more, there's more cancer um, being... Uh, I guess coming out of our time frame right now, cancer is being, I don't want to say caused by it, but I think it's being enhanced by it or accelerated by a lot of what's going on, vaccines, uh, chemicals, synthetic foods. And that's, and then now we, we, we've got, as you mentioned, that new Pfizer pill earlier um, that just, I think it's, it's, that's almost like they're trying to accelerate our death. Well, I think people really need to go and look at 
the list of medications you're not supposed to mix with this padloxid, Paxlovid, sorry, because you, you, you can't take, you know, it has a bad interaction with certain medical health, mental health medications. It has bad interactions with blood pressure medications, with blood thinners, with statins, with other heart medications, with seizure, medic, seizure medications, migraine and birth, birth control medications. It's really, it, it, it's almost like you have to ta- stop taking everything at the expense of taking this COVID antiviral, which you, you don't need. Yeah. Well, and then, you know, somebody like uh, Rogan pointing that out, the, the only person I heard him mention was, was Gates on there, but I'm assuming he, he had several others he addressed at some point or had in mind as to who we, sh- who we should be taking advice from and who we shouldn't be. Well, see, it goes to the point, Dave, again, about confusion um, I think the people that benefit from the confusion still are the, the quote, established authorities because they're not giving us, again, you go back to the federal government and their guidelines for food and a lot of these other nutritional outlets like Harvard and Tufts that have been co-opted by big food. Who, so who do you believe? And they're trying to marginalize and demonize people like Rogan who lives a healthy lifestyle, is an active guy, is physically fit, is pushing the envelope, has people on his show who were researchers who were counter to the mainstream narrative, and they're still trying to, you know, push him to the fringes. They're trying to marginalize, marginalize him. So it's this confusion, I still think, benefits the establishment. And we still have to find those voices in the woods that, are trying to get us back on the path. I've mentioned um, Dr. Malcolm Kendrick. He's another one who was one of the first people that I read that really was uh, a counter to the to the narrative. He started again the anti-cholesterol, anti-statin thought school of thought that those substances and those drugs were being you know pushed on us, and uh, cholesterol was being blamed for stuff that it wasn't causing problems. It wasn't causing. There's, there's people out there. There's Dr. McCullough. There's um, Dr. Malone. You know, there's coming out in this COVID nonsense. You've got some of these counterculture people, and I don't mean countercultural in a negative way, counter, let's say counter narrative people that have proven themselves to be worthy of attention. Yeah. And thank, thank God for independent media because without them, we, we would be getting. As 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 you're talking, I'm listening, and I'm kind of I've got a picture of a tabletop and four pillars underneath it. One of it's corporate America, one of it's media, the other one's higher ed, and the third one is policy and government. And those four factors seem to be flowing and kind of guiding us all in the wrong direction collectively. And uh, thank God for some of these independent media sources and guys like you know Joe Rogan, uh, Dan Bongino sometimes is at the forefront of Mike Adams. If people listen to Natural News. They'll give you, they'll challenge conventional wisdom. Again, they get marginalized, but they're not afraid to battle back. Speaking of that, you sent me a guy who's on mainstream media, but uh, he had uh, a doctor that I'm well aware of, Dr. Mark Hyman on. He had, he had sent me, uh, I think it was a blurb from Tucker um, yeah. Fox. You know, he, he's got the book out, Young Forever, which I've read excerpts on. Um, 
he's huge into one of the one of the common sense things that I like. Our shows are always about common sense. We hope um, he gets caught up in uh, kind of how you, you talk about uh, uh, training fitness. You know, you don't work just your bicep. You don't work just your your calves. The body's a system, and that's kind of his philosophy on things. And you know, when you when you create health and you feed that system in a good way, the disease, disease kind of goes away. You don't just catch a disease. It's not something you just walk out there and catch. Right. You have to, you have to work hard to create it. So, um, if it's, if it's good segue into what, uh, doctor, it was Dr. Mark Hyman, I believe on Tucker. He talked about the way we eat as well. well I think, you know, he's just, he's basically saying the same thing. A lot of us have said he's, <clears throat> excuse me, he's trying to, you know, quantify how many people are dying. I get a, a little uncomfortable with that. Like, I don't know how quite you can prove some of those numbers. And, and I guess there is a way to do it. But I, I think he just is another voice that is pointing out that we're, we're eating things every year that we don't think twice about putting in our body. You don't look at the ingredient list to see what's in it. You have, I don't know, a diet soda, a bag of chips that you're saying, oh, I'm just going to have this here and there. And and for most people, it's fine as a one, one off. But if you're eating, if your diet is fast food and, and there are people whose diets are fast food, you know, you have these ultra processed foods, you're giving it to your kids, which is disrupting a lot of stuff that's going on in their, in their natural growth pattern. Um, it's, it's, it's scary. And I think you need these people on the national stage to bring that to people's attention. I, I, I to be honest with you, Dave, I don't have very high hopes that anything's going to change. Yeah. He had, he had some alarming stats. I mean, his one that jumped right out, 11 million people die every year from bad food. I mean, that- yeah. I mean, like I said, I would need to see a lot more data than that just is given to us in a, in yeah. like, four minute thing. And I'd like to check out his book to see what his back up information is. I know a lot of the other people that I've promoted and promoted their ideas in the books and other things that I've read by them, they do a very good job of providing backup detail. Yeah. Again, that's why I encourage everybody to read. I'm going to try to read this book because I want to see if that's a legit number or not. You know, sometimes people hurt the cause because they come up with a number to shock and really, yeah, it's really taking something with that might have a kernel of truth in it and blowing it up. So I would like to see really what the, what the backup information is to support those numbers. Yeah. That's how I, one of my favorite phrases with that, you you gave me the first 10 words, show me the next 10 to prove it. It's uh, one, one of the excerpts I pulled out of his book. And this may be a little bit towards the answer. He said, for every 10% of your calories that's processed food, your risk of death goes up by 14%. And that's something that may need some context to it. Yeah. And he said, adults' diet is about 60% processed food. And children, I don't know how he defines children now, is 67%. So two-thirds of kids' intake is processed food right now, which for every 10%, you're increasing your your, uh, risk of death by 14%. So obviously, you you don't have to be a math genius to say he's saying our our mortality rate is uh, it's going down. Well, yeah, I mean, I think you could look at our fast food consumption. You look at, but you know, is how do I want to know a little? 
I want to have a little better grasp for what this ultra processed food is. For instance, let's go back to the canola oil we discussed earlier. Canola that goes through this phase, this process, it's smushed down into this puck that is then, these pucks are then thrown into industrial bins that are treated with these caustic chemicals to make it closer to the oil form. And then it's, you know, I don't know how you wash that, but that's how I've heard it described. They wash it and rewash it to make it edible. Well, all of those oils are highly processed foods. So that's a big part of our number of that. And that's not good for you either. So again, on one hand, we're being told ultra processed foods are bad. And on the other hand, the same kind of arm of our public health uh, service, public health arm, to use the word twice, is telling you to use canola oil. I mean, it, it, there's a huge disconnect there. Without without question. And, you know, the tough, not to cut you off, but the tough, no. the tough, the Tufts food plan that they came out with was trying to tell you Fruit Loops were healthier for you than eggs. Could you think of a more processed food than one of these high sugar, colorized, processed breakfast cereals? <laughs> yeah, I know. It doesn't even make sense. And they, they were on that kick with eggs. They even went so far to say eggs were cancer causing. Yeah, yeah pe- people are people are still re, uh, regurgitating information that's untrue. You're still getting the one article I read about the Harvard, this Harvard plan. They're talking about skinless chicken. Everything is low fat yogurt, low fat. The low fat Greek yogurt is your best sort of pro- source of protein. You know, I'm seeing articles like that every day and I'm, I'm starting to it's starting to blend one into the other, which outdated inaccurate statement was made by which diet expert you know you're talking about again they talk they they want to consider and i i tweeted this people are equating processed meat with cured meat now cured meat has been around for centuries and it's what kept meat from going bad now if you get poorly poor quality meat and any whether it's beef whether it's hamburger whether it's Lunch meat, whether it's something you get at the deli counter, poor quality is poor quality. It's never going to have great ingredients in it. You could take something super healthy that's you know recognized by people as being super healthy, but if it's poor quality or if it's treated in a way that makes it less healthy, it's not good for you either. So you have to be a little bit more, people have to be a little bit more discerning. And again, you, we've got to get away from this prejudice about red meat. It goes back to our conversation People are losing muscle. People are less muscular than ever. Well, we're eating less protein than ever. And it's because we've been told to. Yeah. Now, you had mentioned uh, just a f- couple minutes ago, low fat. I mean, that why is that so appealing to people when they when they see that? They think, I mean, and, and I'm, I'm guessing, and I, I've never had a weight issue, so maybe I'm not the right person to comment on this, but... I'm guessing when they see low fat, they feel like they can eat as much as they want and they're not going to get fat. Is it well, that? Yeah. I mean, this is the product of the 70s and the 80s and the snack well where we were told, again, get, we were gaslit and research was hidden because there was research that was done as far back as the 40s that I know of and might be even further that fat was not the, the cause of people getting fat. So we've been just sold a bill of goods and... 
has a position in people's mind that's not going to go away. That's why I think we're we're beyond it. We talked about it last week or the show before. When parents lose the ability to understand how to feed themselves, they've lost the ability to feed their children. Now you're bringing up the next generation of parents, and they're not going to know how to feed their children. Yeah, they they take the path of least resistance, and they just fall for the first ten words. What, what about you know? I'm kind of this. I guess is a parallel topic. What about the diet stuff, like Diet Coke? Same family. So it's interesting that in the last, I don't know, a couple of months where we've had this uptick in sudden deaths and heart disease, you know, people from strokes and heart attacks and blood clots, all of a sudden this research is coming out that artificial sweeteners, certain artificial sweeteners might be causing this. And again, it's a great misdirection play. Now, certainly, if you're drinking multiple diet sodas a day, it's not good for you. Just like eating one very nutritious type of food at the exclusion of all other foods is not good for you. So if you're drinking five diet sodas a day, three diet sodas a day, 10 a week, that's, you're probably not on the healthy side of the spectrum. Whether you think it or not, you know, I know a lot of people who exercise and, quote, eat well that have a lot of diet soda, I don't think that makes you healthy. And it's, look at the label. I mean, I don't. you don't have to be a chemist to understand some of those things in there. Many of the ingredients which are under uh, unpronounceable are not good for you. Yeah, if I can't pronounce them and they have too many consonants without a vowel in it, I guess that's the Italian in me. I, I tend to shy away. I, I kind of laugh when I, when I was thinking about the diet because – you know, the, the, the low fat was a product of the 70s. I think the, the diet stuff, probably a product of the more of the 80s and 90s. And I remember s- sitting with people eating meals um, or watching people eat meals at a, at a mall or whatnot and seeing them with a big diet Coke or Pepsi, whatever the diet drink was, and thinking that as long as they drank that, it was okay to eat those two Whoppers with cheese in front of them. Right. And the same with the snack wells, you know, the, the low fat cookie. Well, they're no fat, so I'm, I'm not going to get fat by it. But, well, we all know that to make the cookie taste good, you had to put something else in there. And that was sugar and other things to make it sweet. Yeah. Um, with, with our audience now, kind of tie it together for them. What's, you know, we, we, uh, we, we, we've kind of, we've gone through a similar topic of, you know, being educated on what they're they're putting in their bodies and being deliberate with it, and you know the new new vaccine pill coming out and and this synthetic processed food and who, and who we're we should be paying attention to who we're you know who we're paying attention to and who we're who we're listening to kind of tie it together for them here. Well, I, again, it, it's going to go back to my theory. If you were to have a million dollars and you were going to invest that, and that was supposed to be for your retirement, you would darn well sure know where that money was going and who was investing it and what the companies were like that that money was being invested in those companies. So it's the same thing with your health. You don't get, you know, it's not easy, but you could get another million dollars. You can't get another life and you can't get another body. So you need to start taking more interest in what you're doing when you eat, when you drink, when you exercise. And we have given you now more than enough 
information of people to start following and make up your own mind. While I am telling you people like Dr. Kendrick and Dr. McCullough and Dr. Malone and even the people Joe Rogan has on his shows, those are starting points. The other books I've mentioned about how to breathe during the day and how to breathe during exercise and how much sleep you should get. I've given you the names of those books and those people so you can make up your mind. Go out there and start to do the research. You can't, I'm not doing, if, if you're, if you're expecting us to do it for you, you're, it's, we'd be doing the same thing that these drug companies are doing. Right. We're, we're treating a symptom. The symptom, we're, we're well beyond the day of you being able to trust people at face value for what they tell you with regard to your health and fitness. So now you've got to go out and start doing some research and paying attention to non-traditional sources and start making up your own mind. At least know why you're doing certain things. Here, and this may be the cynic in me, but when I, when I see stuff right away, especially on mainstream media, the questions I ask are, first I ask, how are they lying to me? And then second, how are they getting me to lie to myself to yep. follow through with this? And it, it usually gets me to the source of how the information is either is or pertinent to me. So um, let's say, and we'll, we'll kind of wrap it up a little bit here. You, you, you've got somebody in front of you, generationally, they've had issues with diabetes, uh, overweight, in poor health, heart issues, you name it, poor eating habits. I mean, how do you how do you get them to to stop what they're doing and start um, moving in the right direction? It's tough, and it depends on a lot of factors. You know, the the people who have gone down the path of listening to these experts are going to be very hesitant to admit that they were wrong. Just like the people who have been telling you certain things, like Weight Watchers, that their diet is so great. They're not going to have this come to Jesus moment and say, you know what, we were wrong all this time. So now we're going to change gears or now we're going to admit that our diet doesn't work and we're going to give you this drug instead, but you're still going to use our diet. It's the same problem with individuals. I don't know many people who are willing to say I was wrong this whole time. I have this discussion with people close to me, both friends and family. They refuse to admit things that are plain to see where I've sent them the data, whether it's about vegan vegetarianism, whether it's about saturated fat doesn't cause problems. I, you know, it sounds lousy, but I, Dave, at this point, I'm not trying to convince people anymore. There's enough information that people should be suspicious and cynical and their alarm should go off when they hear these things rather than get in line for the next pill. So I don't, I am not in the business anymore of trying to change people's minds other than telling them what we've kind of told them here and laying out our case, whether it's how to train for sports, how to train for life, or whether it's how to eat, or whether it's people to try to follow and help have them help you make your decision. I'm not trying to change minds anymore. I'm just putting this information out there and let people do with it what they will. No, I think it's a great way to do it. And, you know, can people have to be their own first educator in a lot of areas from health to, to education itself, to what they believe uh, policy wise, to how they intake the media. There's so much input out there now. I'll leave them with this before we, we, uh, we wrap here. You know, I, I kind of liken it to when you go to see a magician, if you've ever, if you've ever seen a magician live, people think a magician tricks you and they don't, they get you to trick yourself. And a lot of times I feel like that's what we're going through. 
Um, and hopefully people are paying attention to your words. And again, we challenge them. Don't take everything because Sal says so. You know, go out there and, and do your own research. And I think more often than not, you're going to find that uh, that you have a, a clear point and it's uh, backed up with some fact and and some reputable people too. So we appreciate what you do, Sal. Thanks for bringing us to the attention of the audience. Remind them how they can find you and support what you're doing. Sure. And, and what I will say is I would always prefer someone come to me and say, hey, I read that this that's different from what you told me. And we could talk about it when you have a common point of conversation, not this is right because I read it and it's right, you know, which you get with a lot of these philosophies, whether it's both, ex- whether it's either exercise or nutrition and sometimes both. So, yeah. so you can find me, the bulk of my social media effort is spent on Instagram. It's coach Sal's playmakers. Uh, I put, a, I, I treat, I've said that before here, Dave, I treat it kind of like my website uh, because it's a great way to put up, data, video. I do a little short videos where you have to listen to me speak for like two or three minutes, but that's a great place to kind of catch up on me. I have a Substack which I follow, uh, which I work on intermittently. I haven't been doing much on it, but also I'm on Twitter a little bit more and more every week. It's at Sal Marinello. Well, I challenge our audience to engage you. And if you don't agree with Coach Sal, let him know. Um, he'll have meaningful, intelligent conversation with you, and that's how we get things solved. But I want to thank our 14,300-plus subscribers. Um, we've gone over that threshold today. Appreciate your support. Download, listen, like, subscribe. Continue to follow Sal on social media and uh, engage him. He'll engage you back. Uh, he's not going to tell you what you want to hear, but I think that's what people need out there. Follow our show and our network on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. I'll get back to a audience member every day live. I'll answer everybody's questions privately. I'll get back to one live. And then whatever your streaming apparatus is, Apple, Amazon, Spotify, or Stitcher, continue to uh, get our content there. And we appreciate everybody out there. Sal, thanks so much. This is uh, the Hot Corner with Coach Sal, episode 143. Sal, thanks for your efforts, buddy. Thanks, Dave. Look forward to next week.